Welcome to Best Worst Movies, the podcast where I invite folks on to talk about their favorite terrible movies. Today, I'm welcoming my friend Shane Asenzandi. Shane is a political organizer in West Virginia and is usually one of the first people to message me on opening night of a new Marvel movie. Today, we're going to be talking about a movie starring three Oscar winners and an Oscar nominee that happens to have a 16% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, welcome, Shane. Hey, thanks for having me on. It'll be a good time. Absolutely. Why don't you tell us what our movie is today? So today's movie is, and th- this is ironic given the uh, the big dust-up at the Oscars last week, but today's movie <laughs> is Wild Wild West, starring Will Smith and Kevin Kline. Uh, it debuted in theaters sometime, I believe, in the summer of 1999. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it is not a widely uh, well-regarded movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, you mentioned the the 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. What I found interesting as well is that on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 28% audience score. Because yeah, you know, you'll see those movies where it'll be like 20% critics, but 70% fan reviews. But fans and critics were both like, "No, this movie sucks." Yeah, and honestly, it surprised me just because it, it's not one I actually saw. Back in 1999, I saw it a few years ago because my husband and my stepdaughter both really loved it. And mm. so I watched it for the first time more recently than, you know, 23 years ago. But still, it's not great. <laughs> but it really, it's not. I was surprised that the uh, the audience score was so low. I would never have guessed that. No, me neither. And also, one thing I found interesting while reading about sort of the background of this movie before I rewatched it is that it was nominated for eight Razzies, and it won five of them the, that year, including the worst picture and worst um, worst song for a movie for like the song Wild Wild West by Will Smith. <laughs> so this this the awesomely bad credentials on this movie are very solid. Yeah, they really are. It, it really did kind of make me laugh because literally I rewatched the movie during the. 2022 oscars like while that ceremony was happening i was watching this movie where kenneth branagh won his first oscar for it wasn't an acting oscar but won his first oscar for uh best original screenplay and then will smith won his first oscar for best actor and i'm sitting here watching this movie and kevin klein won his oscar i believe for um a fish called wanda and then also you have Selma Hayek, who was nominated for an Oscar. And it's like all of these like heavy hitter kind of people in this really not great movie. It was <laughs> it was really something. And then, of course, for, you know, everything. And we're not going to talk about that today. So, yeah. But, wow, it is. It's really something. I was saying it's really funny that we picked this. Uh, we picked this a couple weeks ago. Right. And, you know, not knowing what was going to happen at the Oscars or that Will Smith was going to get his first win and that Kenneth Branagh was going to get his first win. So this ended up being the most timely film we could have possibly picked for this for this uh, episode. For sure. <laughs> for sure. All right. So one of the things that I love to do is to uh, go through because I'm usually basing this off, off of uh, scores on Rotten Tomatoes and I love to read pull quotes from you know the reviews that happen so why don't you hit me with one of your favorite pull quotes from a negative review sure um well i I, there are certainly a lot of them to pick from i think the one 
there was one that I think is sort of the definition of damning with faint, faint praise, where uh, it was Brian Webster from the Apollo Guide who said it's shallow, predictable, and completely overblown, but it's also good-natured and reasonably fun. I think the reasonably is my favorite word in that whole thing. <laughs> it's reasonably fun. <laughs> Yep. Uh, there were a couple that got me. Uh, one was from Todd Anthony of the South Florida Sun Sentinel. And he said, the film aims low and still misses. And whew, that's, that's a bad review. <laughs> Did you have any others that really uh, stood out to you? I had one more that stood out that was a lot more negative. It was Jack Garner from the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. Uh, the quote is, Wild Wild West is as clumsy, contrived, heavy-handed, and leaden as the, spoiler alert, 80-foot-tall metallic robot at its center. Excellent. It's, it's really, really something. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, it, it, it definitely did, did not go great for this movie. So when did you – tell me about the first time you saw this movie, because I really do think that a lot of times when we have these favorite movies, it kind of plays into – that first time that we saw it. So tell me a little bit about your first time seeing this. Oh, absolutely. And for me, um, there's definitely a little bit of nostalgia here because I actually did see this in theaters when it came out back in 1999. So I would have been about 10 years old and I distinctly remember it. It's funny how certain things stick in your memory. I distinctly remember leaving the theater and I was just jazzed. I was like, that was so much fun. Great movie. I love Will. This is Will Smith back in his heyday, right? Men in oh, Black, yeah. Independence Day, all these films that, you know, for a 90s kid like me were kind of like childhood defining. And I'm leaving the theater and I'm so excited. I'm chattering away about the movie and my parents are just sort of, they, they kind of look at each other and they're like, that was a movie. Yes. <laughs> They also thought it was reasonably fun. <laughs> I don't even think it was reasonably fun, quite frankly. Oh, well. I could totally see that, though, because, my goodness, one of the things that stood out to me when I was rewatching it was, like, these, the effects in this movie are solid, I think, anyway. I don't know. Even for a 1999 film, I really feel like they have a really great look to them. I mean, that giant robot at the end is just mm, so good well it's interesting because you know in the context of the times right this was like one of the blockbuster movies of the summer or at least it was supposed to be i think the budget was like 170 million dollars so an industrial light and magic did the special effects so this is the company behind i think they did star wars and a lot of other major right. films so for the, for the 1999, this was cutting edge, like top of the line Hollywood blockbuster. And then we go back and look at it and it's kind of like, how, how did that happen? Like what went wrong here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. So why do you think that the critics could only muster reasonable fun out of this? Well, I mean, on the surface, it's, it's honestly, you know, it's not a quality film, um, which is so strange because of the money that went into it. And you have a lot of very known actors. I mean, not, you know, Will Smith, Selma Hayek, um, even, you know, Kenneth Branagh is, is an absolute legend. Uh, right. <laughs> and, yeah. Even in know, 99. I mean, gosh, yeah, exactly. This, this, he already was a well-established, um, well-known actor by this point. So this is a film that on the surface, it should be top quality, but, 
it has plot plot holes that you can drive a giant robotic spider through and there there there's a lot of there's a lot of crippling flaws i think that make it fun but also very easy for a critic to say this is this is not a quality movie yeah that's fair and i think there's probably a certain amount of expectation at this point because Barry Sonnenfeld had already done Men in Black, which is phenomenal. I mean, it's so fun. So I think there is some of that. One of the things that blows my mind is that Will Smith turned down the opportunity to be Neo to be in this movie. Really? Wow, I did not know that. (laughs) So Will Smith was offered the role before Keanu Reeves? Yeah, that is my understanding of it, is that That's we could have had a... <laughs> but he was like, no, no, no. What I'm going to do is Wild Wild West. Mm. I I think maybe that was a bad call. <laughs> that, that was a miss right there. Although great for Keanu Reeves, but not so great for Will Smith. For sure. So when you watch the movie, you you had said that as a kid, you just loved it. So do you have any, as you come back to it now, how do you feel like it holds up? Well, oh, that's, that's a big question. Um, yeah. It holds up in the sense that it's fun. I mean, it has some good action sequences. As you said, you know, the, the special effects for the time, I think, were, were you know, definitely cutting edge. Um, they, and the cast definitely drives it. I mean, there is, you know, for all the flaws of the film, this movie is packed with with star power. So. In those ways, it holds up. In other ways, um, you know, the plot is kind of predictable. There's there's a lot of problems with it. Even some of the the the, the humor is crude. I think even by the standards of 2022, um, <laughs> there are certain jokes that I that I, I watched and I was like, "Cool, that that age like milk." Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, got, it's got some flaws. It does indeed. Yeah, I think for me, one of the things that bummed me out the most about it in in watching it was just how underused Selma Hayek is in this movie. 100%. In fact, when I was thinking about the best and worst characters in this movie, I was none of them particularly stand out except Dr. Arliss Loveless, who is Kenneth Branagh. He, He absolutely steals the show. But Salma Hayek was criminally underused in this movie. She's sort of just a damsel in distress character that doesn't really do a whole lot. And and for someone with her acting chops, um, it's honestly a shame that, you know, she didn't get more screen time. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, And even just watching, I mean, like comparing, I hate to compare to, you know, another Barry Sonnenfeld, Will Smith joint, but. I just feel like in Men in Black, we have such a great character in... Um, she's the um, the forensic person at the morgue who becomes an agent. Yeah, she's fantastic. And like she has agency and is a cool character and all of this stuff. And then to just come and have Selma Hayek, who's just there to put on like a pajama outfit with the butthole cut out it's like oh that's that's a bummer because she's so great and just to have her as like nothing just is to me like the the worst part of it when i look at it i'm just like man that's just not great (laughs) i have to point out the irony of you calling that a bummer um (laughs) unintended 
She she did have that moment at the very end. One of the I think one of the redeeming qualities of this movie is that you know they kind of and I guess spoiler alert we're kind of giving you the whole the whole film here, but at the they kind of set it up the whole time where like Will Smith and Kevin Klein are both infatuated with her and they're trying to like you know it's almost like a race to see who gets the girl in the end of the film. And then mm-hmm. at the very end of the movie, it turns out that the the father that they helped her rescue is actually her husband. So she just walks away and goes, at least you still have each other. And I really, I thought, you know, considering all the movies, you know, they have this twist at the end where it's like, you know, the where the guy always gets the girl for her to just say, nope, that's my husband. Peace out. I thought that was actually like, that's probably her best moment in the film. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. It definitely is. I think that was, yeah, in just rewatching, that was the part that I was just like, oh, I wish, I wish she had had more. But, but you're right, that little stinger there is pretty great. So let's talk about your favorite part of the movie. What was it in 1999 when 10 year old Shane is at the movie theater? What stood out to you then? And now, as an older Shane, what part kind of stands out to you? So, you know, I I would love to hear your take on this as well, because I kind of struggled with this a little bit. Mm. I don't know why, but when I was a kid all the way through, like when I rewatched it here this week, the only part that really stuck out in my mind was the like one of the opening chase scenes where Will Smith is on like the horse drawn cart with like the bottles of nitroglycerin. And it's like a it's like a high tense. It's an intense chase scene because, you know, there's explosives on this cart. That's about to crash into this building. And I don't know why, but for some reason, when I thought back to this movie, I was like, what major scenes like were in that movie that like would stand out? And for some reason, that was the only one that I could really get, which mm. is funny because it's not even that great of a chase scene. <laughs> but <laughs> it was like the most memorable to me, I think, from childhood to like now. But I'd be curious if something stood out for you um, more than me. Yeah, I mean, I think back to, and and for me, it would have mostly just been trailers because, again, I didn't see it back then. I was kind of in the middle of having lots of babies, and so I didn't go to movies. But I just remember in, you know, in watching the trailers, it was that The Big Spider. And I think in the movie, I, it is a huge part of it, but, like, I think it's just... Maybe because it had been so spoiled in the in the trailers, it felt a little anticlimactic then. I don't, I'm not sure. Like, it feels like it should have been a bigger thing, I guess, is kind of where I'm at. Well, I think they also had the giant spider in the a lot of the posters as well. So they gave right. away one of the biggest twists in the, the marketing materials. Yeah, definitely. I think that, to me, is... Yeah, it it feels like the biggest thing that I remember of being like, oh, that seems like that could be interesting to watch. And then, yeah, a few years ago when I watched it, I was like, oh, I'm okay, I guess that's something. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's it's visually very appealing and interesting, but in terms of like the story, yeah, because it just didn't really pay off, I guess, in the way that I thought it might. But it definitely, it definitely is still fun and so that kind of gets to the best worst lines best worst characters where where do you stand what what feels like the best best line for you or the worst line for you 
So best line, um, and I, and I think this was this was kind of interesting when I was rewatching it. There is a scene where there is a decapitated man's head on a table. Um, for and Doctor Artemis Gordon, who's Kevin Klein, he's using it for a certain purpose. Um, and I don't want to give away too too much for those who haven't seen it. Um, the, the purpose makes zero sense at all, by the way. It's zero, like yeah. 16,000 plot holes in this movie. Um, but there is, Will Smith delivers the same line three times where he is so beside himself that there is just this decapitated man's head on a table next to him. And Dr. Gordon is so calm about it. And Will Smith just keeps going, that is a man's head <laughs> and then dr gordon goes off on this like rant about how he's using it to discover this this thing about the case they're working on and will keeps going back to that is a man's head and somehow like he, he says the same line three times in that scene but each right. time it gets funnier instead of less funny and i just thought i was like that's a really impressive delivery that you can keep making me laugh even though you're just repeating yourself yeah, absolutely. I think um, that actually is one of my uh, stepdaughter's favorite scenes as well. She thinks that is absolutely hilarious. And I tend to agree. I think that is just some really great. I, and I think that's all on Will Smith more than anything else there. Oh, definitely. It was, it was 100% his, his uh, delivery. Yeah, for sure. For me, it's kind of this combination. They do this a couple of times in the movie where they have these little witty back and forths between characters. So in one, you have West and Loveless sitting there and they're at this party and they do these really horrible, Loveless says all these like really racist kind of things to west and then west comes back with all of these like ableist kind of comments to him and they are awful and also in that like horrifying way funny you know because it's just terrible and then they do it again right after the aforementioned selma hayek in the bottomless night clothes there's this little exchange between gordon and west where they have these terrible lines and it's like you have kevin klein talking about a breast of fresh air and then you have will smith saying okay well, we need to get some shut ass and they're awful terrible lines but they are this i cannot help but laugh at them kind of moment for me they just i don't know what it is about that but that really deeply base humor just made me laugh in this movie <laughs> It's it's so funny that you said that because when I was thinking about my best line, I almost also chose that conversation between <laughs> Will Smith and Dr. Loveless. I, I should say Jim West and Dr. Jim Loveless. Uh, and for context for the listeners here who haven't seen it, uh, Dr. Loveless doesn't have any legs. Um, right. And Will Smith, of course, being a black man. So like you said, you know, Loveless is dropping all these racist lines and Will Smith is saying all these ableist things like, well, you know how it is. One second you're with a woman and the next she cuts your legs out right out from underneath you. And <laughs> it's so, it, you're right. It, it's, it's very witty and there's a lot of good back and forth, but at the same time, it's also just, it's, it's also just a little bit problematic and oh, yeah. you, know, you laugh, but you feel bad, but then you laugh exactly. again. But then you laugh anyway, which kind of combines best and worst for me into one little, and, and it's both of those times. It's these like horribly sexist lines, but 
dang if they aren't funny. <laughs> yeah, and then some yeah. of the humor that has not aged well in this movie for sure. Oh, not at all. But also, it's it's funny. <laughs> I hate I hate that it's funny to me. But also, here we are. It, it is in fact funny. <laughs> so, do you have any favorite, best, or worst characters? Oh, definitely the best character. Um, it's Doctor Arliss Loveless, who is of course played mm-hmm. by Kenneth Branagh. And he, I, I think, my observation that I made during this is that he's sort of the He's almost like the Heath Ledger Joker in The Dark Knight, where he's the main antagonist and the movie is not about him. Like, he's not the main character, but he just sort of makes the movie about him. And every scene that he's in, you know, he like there's no mistaking who is running that that scene and, and like commanding the audience. Um, anytime he's on screen, he just he has he has your attention. Um, his yeah. opening scene where he comes out, you know, they introduce him. He's like back from the dead because everybody thought he was dead. And he comes out and he's all coy and happy and he's, he, he's in a wheelchair, doesn't have any legs and everybody's real shocked to see him. And he's coy and happy and kind of playing with like the, the people at his party. And then he immediately skips into this like very serious, angry dialogue about, you know, sacrificing his body for, for the civil war and losing anyway. And you realize, mm-hmm. like, wow, this guy is this guy's a psychopath, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, no, he's great, and like, Branagh just commits to it so well. Like, I think that's one of the things, just in general, in this movie, is that you do have these three like pretty powerhouse actors in Klein and Smith and Branagh, and they just commit so fully to these characters. I I love that in this otherwise not very good movie. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting you say that because they you're right they all three of them commit. It almost feels a little different though, where like Will Smith and Kevin Klein seem to be like taking the movie very seriously. Like they they want you to to buy into the story and feel that everything that's happening is logical and well defined. Kenneth mm-hmm. Branagh, it almost feels like he's sort of in on the joke with the audience, where he's <laughs> like, y'all, this is this is crazy, it's a disaster, this writing is horrible, but we're going to have a great time anyway. And it, it almost feels like he's sort of winking at the audience with his performance, like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to this really hard and I'm going to make you have fun, but I know that this is not, like, this is not quality entertainment. I'm a Broadway-trained actor, and this is, you know, <laughs> this is like red meat for the the base yeah that's fair (laughs) i would i would tend to agree with that assessment he is uh yeah he he definitely takes it a well i mean the facial hair alone allows him to (laughs) have that stance i think (laughs) because it is really something so i'm gonna hit you with a question that i totally didn't add in the show notes but i think would be fun and that is which of these is you know because i know you do you know, political activism and political organizing, which of these three main characters or really four, we can include Salma Hayek, which one is the most electable at this point in time? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> that, that is a good, good question. Who would be, so who would be most likely to win if they ran for office? Yeah, um, I think I'd, so. I'd probably say Jim West. You know, because one thing that I think Will Smith does well in his roles, and certainly vintage Will Smith from like the, you know, the late 90s, first half of the 2000s, 
you know, he's very charismatic, right? He mm-hmm. like he has like the clever lines, and he he comes across as even though he's like, uh, what is his role? Was he a detective in this movie? What was his I, like job? I don't know. <laughs> he's just some sort of a gunslinging cowboy. Yeah, exactly. He's he's Will Smith. I right, don't know right. whatever whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's sort of like a detective, sort of a gunslinger. It's hard to say, but he right. even though he he you know has that about him, he still also like conveys a sort of like warmth and approachability so i would say that i would say that it's jim west yeah that's fair i mean he is able to talk a bunch of you know white supremacists out of not hanging him for at least a minute after he you know slaps (laughs) slaps the breasts of you know a white woman at the party so i guess that i forgot about that line (laughs) that whole that whole speech was great it really is. So, so we have, yeah, I think, I think that makes a good, uh, a good case for President Jim West. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, speaking of presidents, actually, there's one character we haven't mentioned in this movie yet, um, which is President Ulysses S. Grant. Mm. And he is played by Kevin Klein as well. Indeed. So you yeah. have all these really funny scenes where you have President Grant and you have Artemis Gordon, and they are both played by Kevin Klein. And I'm not going to lie, I did not realize it was Kevin Klein until mm. after the movie when I went to IMDb and looked at the notes. Yeah, and he played – I think what's really great is he have, yeah, Gordon playing Grant while – as, you know, Klein playing Gordon playing Grant right beside – Klein playing Grant like so he's doing this like wild kind of triple kind of thing which is very impressive quite honestly and again shows that we have these like legit actors (laughs) in this movie (laughs) it reminds me of sort of some of those Eddie Murphy movies where he played like multiple characters in the films and and Kevin (laughs) Klein does the same thing here yeah, absolutely. So it is it is a delight. Well, do you have any closing thoughts on this? Any pleas for people to, to go and, and watch it? I would I would definitely say if, if you have an hour and a half to kill and you just want to watch some, you know, awesomely bad cinema from the nineties, Wild Wild West, it definitely holds up. Um mm-hmm. unfortunately I think it goes off of Netflix as of the time that we're recording this, which is sad. Yeah but I'm sure you can find it on some other streaming service or for a pretty cheap rental. If you, if it's Friday night and you need a, you know, just some sort of a crappy movie night with your friends or significant other, like I do recommend this. It's a, uh, it's a good time. Yeah. It's reasonably fun. So <laughs> reasonably fun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what more can you ask for a Friday night other than reasonable fun? <laughs> Get the popcorn, turn off your brain and just enjoy the ride on the, the giant robotic spider. There it is. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here, Shane. It was so fun to talk to you. Hey, thank you. This was great. And thank you all for listening. If you want to engage more, give us a like on Facebook. And of course, be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can support the show, especially in these early days, by rating and reviewing. And that'll help us out a lot. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on Best Worst Movies.